to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, One Church family. Happy Sunday to you all. I hope you are having a wonderful day. And more importantly, or perhaps even more exciting than that, Happy New Year! Uh, what a wonderful start to 2023. I hope you've had a, a great Christmas and holiday season and uh, now kicking off the new year. I hope that you are filled with excitement and joy uh, over what God has ahead of you this year. I know this is a time that many of us are uh, making plans, making goals, and I hope you're filled with faith for what God has for you for your family, and really in all of life. Uh, I have to tell you, I am more excited than ever about 2023 and what God has in store specifically for our church family. This year, we're going to celebrate 10 years, a decade as a church. That is incredible. Not only that, but we're going to be moving into our new building. I'm so excited about that. And uh, it's, it's just uh, going to be a great, great season. So I hope that you're filled with faith and excitement. Uh, this morning, I want to speak to you a New Year's message. So if you have your Bible, would you grab it and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, or whatever uh, way you read the Scripture. Maybe it's on your app, however you do that. You can go ahead and turn there. Uh, while you're turning there, let me just mention something, and that is by way of announcement, I want to invite you all to join us next Sunday, January 8th, uh, on site at the Future Open House. We're going to have our first gathering of 2023, and I just felt like even while construction is underway and the property is not yet complete, uh, there has just been incredible progress that has been made, and I felt like it would be a great way for us to start off the new year by putting our feet on the ground that God has given to us. And what I felt like the Lord has put onto my heart for next week is that it would be Blessing Sunday. You know, there's something powerful about praying and pronouncing the blessing of God over our lives, over one another, over our church, our families, and the community around us. And so that's what we're going to do next Sunday. It's going to be all about pronouncing the blessing of God. And so I want to encourage you to join us next Sunday, 10 a.m. We're going to be in the back parking lot at the open house, block party style. We'll have a bounce house for the kids, grill some hamburgers and just enjoy being together, okay? And so I hope that you will plan to join us. Uh, these are moments that we're going to look back at a year from now. We're going to say, I remember when we gathered on the first Sunday of the year, and I remember what God did in those moments. And so I want to encourage you, plan to be there, prioritize being there next Sunday, January 8th at 10 o'clock, and it will be awesome. All right, well, if you have your Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. I want to read a couple of verses, and here's what the Scripture says. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the firstfruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let me just say that again. Honor the Lord, or uh, make much of God. Uh, think highly of God. Make Him a big deal in your life. He's already a big deal, but make Him a big deal in your life. Honor the Lord. How? With your possessions, with the material things that we have, and specifically with the first fruits of all your increase. 
I, I don't know if you're planning to increase in 2023. I think all of us would like to. But I think this is an important passage. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. And there's a promise attached to that. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. What the author here is saying is, is really a biblical principle that when you put God first, there is a blessing that is released in your life. It's what I want to call the principle of first. And that's what I want to speak to you about today on this first day, uh, first teaching of this new year. I want to speak to you about the principle of first, the principle of first. And I want to just say it again, and I want to say it this way and put it on the screen just so you can see it and really hold on to it. And it is this, the principle of first is that when you give God the first, the rest will be blessed. Give God the first and the rest will be blessed. Now, here in the context of this verse, uh, the author is talking about finances. He's talking about our material possessions. Uh, this was in an agricultural society, and so it was literally giving God the first crop of their harvest. And there was a promise that, that when they did, that there would be an abundance that would come. There would be a blessing that would come uh, to the rest of the harvest that their barns would be filled with plenty and their vats would overflow with new wine. There, there would be joy and abundance in their life. And that's really the life that God wants for every single one of us. He wants us to live life to the fullness. Now, again, this passage is talking about finances, but this is a principle that doesn't just apply to finances. It's actually a kingdom principle that applies to all of life. And I want to speak this to you on this first Sunday of this new year, because I believe this is a principle that if we would receive it, if we would understand it, and if we would apply this principle to our lives, it has the potential to change not just our year, but it has the, principle, it has the potential to change our whole lives. That when we put God first, the rest of our life is blessed. And again, this is a passage or a couple of verses that shows it very succinctly. But I want to look at this principle uh, that flows throughout all of Scripture. Now, relax. I won't go through all of Scripture, but I do want to help you to see that this is a key principle in the kingdom of God. If we want to experience the life that God intends for us, we've got to operate under the principle of first. And what I want you to understand is that really this principle is tied to the nature of God. That we, if we want the blessing of God, if we want the goodness of God in our lives, we have to put God first. And that is ultimately because God is first. Uh, you know, the Bible starts off this way. In the very beginning of the scripture, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, before there was anything, God existed. And the Bible goes on to say that he made everything and he saw that it was good and he made man and he blessed them. In other words, we could say it this way, that God has created us in his good world to live a blessed life. God wants you to live a life of blessing. He wants you to enjoy a good life. But it all flows out of the recognition that God is first. This is what theologians call the preeminence of God. 
preeminence. I know that's not a word that we use a lot in our everyday vernacular, but it is a compound word. Pre means before or in advance. Eminence is ownership or a claim of authority. In our country, there is uh, something that's called eminent domain. And uh, it's the same idea. Eminent domain is the recognition that the government has the authority to claim our land. Now, whether we like that or not, nobody would like it if it happened to you. But that's really the principle that God is setting forth in the scripture. That because God is before everything, he created everything, and he has ownership and a claim to everything, uh, he is preeminent. He is before everything. And the good life that he intended flows out of the order that he intended, and that is that he should be first. In other words, it's not just good enough to have God as a part of your life. He must be first because he is preeminent. It is his nature. It is the very thing that makes him God is that he is before all things. You see, there's a lot of things we can have in our life um, as a part of our life, but there is only one that is first, and that is God. You know, you've got a lot of things in your life. Your job is a part of your life. Your family, maybe relationships, friendships are a part of your life. Uh, hobbies, activities, those things are all a part of your life. And those things are all good things. But if you want to experience the blessing of God, it all flows out of the recognition that God is first. And this is a principle that is a kingdom principle that runs throughout all of Scripture. In fact, I want to show it to you in the book of Genesis chapter 4. This may be a story that you're familiar with. It's the story of Cain and Abel bringing an offering to the Lord. And it says this, Genesis 4, verse 3 to 5, it says, In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn, notice that word, firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Now, I used to read that and I thought, wow, uh, I guess God is a carnivore. He likes meat. <laughs> Maybe that's why he respected Abel's offering and he didn't like Cain's offering. But I want you to notice that it was not an issue of the substance. It was an issue of the order. It says, in the process of time, Cain brought an offering. In other words, when he got around to it, Cain brought an offering in the passage of time. But Abel brought the firstborn. He brought the very first. And he honored God with the first. And it it, it pleased the Lord. The Lord respected that offering. I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of God. I want, the, I want to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And that only happens when we put God first. This was a kingdom principle from the very beginning of creation, that God is first. And if we want to experience the blessing of God on our lives, we've got to put him first. Now, that was before the law uh, in the beginning. But I want you to see that what was a kingdom principle from the very beginning of creation actually became a law under the Old Covenant. Exodus chapter 13, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. 
Okay, notice that. The firstborn. Give to me the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man, okay, so people, and of beast, it is mine. God says, uh, the, the firstborn belongs to me. The first part belongs to me. The, the first um, of the produce belongs to me. In other words, don't give me the last runt of the litter. Give me the first. Don't give me the, the last one that kind of has a broke leg. Give me the first. Give me the best. And trust that when you give me the first, that the rest will be blessed. The Bible goes on to say, Exodus 13, verse 12 says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, the first one that opens the womb, that is every firstborn. And he goes on to say in verse 13, that every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Okay, so uh, I know you may be drifting off, you may be tuning me out now, you're going, Justin, it's January 1st, I was up late watching the ball drop last night, I can't wrap my mind around it, give me 30 seconds more. I want to lay a foundation of understanding in your life. Here's a picture that this principle that was in existence from the very foundation of the earth, that God is first, and if we want to experience his blessing, we've got to put him first, became a law under the old covenant, and it's a picture of the gospel. God says to Abraham, I want you to give me the first part of everything. And for those animals that are unclean, such as a donkey, I want you to sacrifice the firstborn of the clean in order to redeem the unclean. Did you get that? The firstborn of the clean is sacrificed in order to redeem or to bring the blessing of God onto that which is unclean. It's a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of Jesus, what he has done for us. You see, that is the good news of the gospel, that although we've all fallen under sin and we've lost the blessing of God upon our lives and the brokenness of this world, God has given his first, his firstborn in order to redeem us. God gave his best, his very first, Jesus, as a sacrifice in order to redeem us, to buy us back from the curse. Paul says it this way in the book of Colossians chapter 1. He says in verse 14, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He goes on to say in verse 15 that he's the firstborn over all creation. And in verse 18 it says that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. In other words, what he's saying is that God has made Jesus his firstborn offering to redeem us. We've been bought back out of slavery to sin, out of the bondage and the brokenness that results from sin. And now because of that, he is the firstborn over the church. Uh, what I'm wanting you to see is this principle of first, that God's not just a part of your life. You don't just tag God in. You don't just fit him in where he can get in and give him the scraps of what's left over of your life. If he is God, he is first. And if Jesus is the Lord of our lives, it means that he is the first in our life. He's the first in our hearts, the first in our affections, the first in our thoughts, the first in everything that we have in life. He is the first. He's God's first. 
And as we put him first, the blessing of God comes into the rest of our lives. Jesus said it this way, don't worry about what you'll eat and drink and wear. Let me say it this way, don't worry about your job promotion. Don't worry about your, the economy. Don't worry about your investments. I think Jesus would be saying it that way. Don't worry about those things because he says that your father knows you have need of all of those things, but seek, what does it say? First, the kingdom of God. And all of these things will be added to you. It's the principle of first. You put God first. You give God the first and the rest will be blessed. I want you to experience the blessing of God in 2023 like never before. I want you to be able to look back and I want us to be able to look back and say, wow, God, you blessed this year. This was a year of fruitfulness. This was a year of increase. I don't mean just material things. I mean an increase of joy, an increase of peace, an increase of life, things that money can't buy. Now, I want to live life to the full, but it happens when we put God first. And so I want to talk to you about a couple of just very practical things, two very practical areas that this principle of first must be applied in our lives in order to experience the blessing of God in 2023. Two areas, and that is your time and your money. Your time and your money. Now, I know I've said the M word, and I know we often don't like to hear that or think about it, but the fact is that those two areas represent all of our life unique from any other area. Our time and our money represent all of life. It's really the fulcrum on which our life hinges. The priorities of our life is determined by how we spend or invest our time and money. I know most of us, as we're thinking about a new year, perhaps you're setting goals, perhaps you're thinking and making plans for the year ahead. I want to encourage you in these areas to put God first. Specifically, I want to talk first about your time, putting God first in your time. In the book of Ephesians in chapter 5, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says this, walk circumspectly. In other words, be aware of what's happening around you. Don't be ignorant. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want you to notice that. The days are evil. We live in an evil, uh, what, what the scripture calls this present evil age. If you don't believe me, turn on the news, okay? <laughs> we live in an evil time. There's all kinds of problems and fighting and anger and sickness and uh, just brokenness in our world. And he, Paul says, you, you live in an evil age, therefore redeem the time redeem the time. In other words, what he's saying is you cannot increase the quantity of your time, but you can increase the quality of your time. You can redeem it. You can buy it back. No longer does it have to be broken under sin, but it can become beautiful and flourishing. You can pack your life with eternal meaning and significance by redeeming the time. How do you redeem it? You redeem it by putting God first. Very practically, that means this. You have 365 days this year. You can't add any to it. We all have the same amount of time. You can't increase the time. But when you put God first, you can increase the quality of the time. You make that time matter more, or, or as Jesus called it, you experience eternal life. 
Eternal life. That's not just a quantity of time living infinitely after death. God wants us to experience eternal life now. Jesus said, those who have received me have eternal life. And so we experience eternal life when we put God first in our time. Practically speaking, that means God should be the first in your day. He should be the first in your day. You should set aside time every day to spend the first and the best time with God. You should spend the first and best part of your week with God. You know, historically, the church has spent Sunday as the Lord's Day. Now, I know that's looked different for us, especially over the last couple of years. The way we gather has looked different. But there is something about devoting that time before the the requirements of work and the to-do list and the task list and the objectives and the plans of the week creep in. You're saying, God, I want to give you first. I want to honor you. This is your day, and I want to use it to serve you and to please you. Now, I think even throughout our year, before we fill in our vacation time and our work time and all of our obligations, I think God should be first in our calendar. You see, so many times, if we don't put God first, we end up giving Him the leftovers. We we end up honoring God um, when we can get around to it. And the reality is, is that if we give God our leftovers, he's not our God. Something else is our God. And those things may be good things, but they cannot bring the blessing of God into your life. If you honor God when it's not nice beach weather, and when you don't have family in town, and when you don't uh, have a project due. Now, again, this is not legalism. Uh, This does not increase your righteousness at all, but it does increase the reward of God's blessing upon your life. Uh, We all have times that we, you know, have things that come up, but we need to first set the priority. God, you're the priority in my life. I'm serving you number one in my day. Uh, I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time in prayer. Number one in your week, I'm going to gather with your people to worship and to receive the word and to encourage one another. I'm going to put you number one in my life. I'm going to set aside time to seek the Lord. Have you put God first? Are you putting God first as you're making plans for your year? Are you putting God first in your calendar, in your schedule, in your time? Jen and I were talking recently about her parents, and they're a wonderful couple uh, who raised four godly kids. Um, But Jen was reflecting on growing up, uh, all of the things that for us, especially that maybe have families, obligations and requirements and things that call for our attention. And her parents experienced that same thing, but she was just reflecting on what a priority they made serving the Lord. Now, unlike me, um, Jen's parents were not in full-time vocational ministry like my parents were. Um, Jen's dad drove a truck, and he was gone uh, all week long. So when he came home on the weekend, um, he loves to work around his property. He's got 40 acres. There's always something to do. But she was just reflecting on how they prioritized serving the Lord, honoring the Lord with their time, specifically on Sundays. They made a decision, Sunday is the Lord's day. We're going to honor God, not because there's not other good things, but we're going to give him the first, and we're going to trust that as we put him first, the rest of our time will be redeemed. The blessing of God will come on the rest of our time. And she was remembering that they would, as kids, not only gather with the church on Sunday mornings, 
but they would also go back on Sunday nights. <laughs> she said she remembered a time where they got a little loose on it, but her parents went back and said, we're going to recommit. This is the Lord's day. We want to honor him. Not only that, I mean, that was one of the only two days that her dad was home, but not only that, when her dad was on the road, her mom would bring the kids to church on Wednesday night. And again, it's not about the form. It's not about having to follow the exact rhythm or uh, you know, requirement, but it is an expression of putting God first. Let me ask you this. In your life, in 2023, what does it look like to put God first in your time? Have you put him first? Have you put his priorities on your calendar before all of the other things start screaming for your attention? I believe that through putting God first, we can redeem the time. We can live eternal life by honoring God with our time. The second thing I want to talk to you about is our money. It's our money. And again, I know money is not necessarily a popular thing to talk about, but the reality is that it reflects all of our life. We spend so much of our life working for money that money really reflects our life and our priorities. And the Bible clearly shows us that when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, he owns everything. It all belongs to him. Everything we have belongs to him. But he gives us the responsibility to honor him specifically with the first part. It's what the Bible calls the tithe. That's the first part, the first 10%. And the book of Malachi says it this way, Malachi 3, 9, actually verse 10, says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, not the leftovers and not the last 10% or 5%. Bring it all into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. In other words, he's saying, bring the tithe, invest it into God's house, and that there may be food, there may be an abundance, that it may be a flourishing house, and try me or test me in this. Uh, I want you to see that. That's the only place that God ever says you can test him. In fact, this area is a unique area of test in our lives. It is the test that reveals what we actually believe about God. We can say we love him. We can say we trust him. We can say that he's the Lord of our lives, but our money tells the real story. Is God the Lord of your life? Is he first in your life? Is he the source of your life? Do you truly believe that everything you have comes from him and that you can trust him to provide? He says, test me, put me to the test. See if I will not open up the window of heaven over your life and pour out such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. Now, let me say this. This is not about getting more money. This is actually about the blessing of God, bringing the goodness of God into your life in a way that money cannot buy. Uh, let me say it this way. Tithing does not mean that you're going to automatically get more money. But it does mean that God will bring more joy and God will bring more peace and God will bring more of his abiding presence and blessing into your life. And I will say this, that oftentimes the byproduct, when we're faithful with what God has given to us, that he makes sure that there is more that comes our way. In other words, when you honor God with the tithe, the 90% will go further than the 100% ever could. God is saying, test me. He goes on to say, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. In other words, the enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. 
He wants to attack your life. But God says, if you honor me in this way, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. There's all kinds of um, protection. There's all kinds of um, you know, measures that we take, insurance and home security systems and all kinds of things. But let me tell you, there's nothing that can compare to God's power to rebuke the devourer off of your life. He says, so that um, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's God's purpose for you, that you would experience the blessing of God, the fruitfulness of God in your life, in your family, in your soul. to such a degree that people around you would go, wow, what is it about you? And you say, I serve the Lord. I've put God first in my life. And here God is speaking specifically about honoring him with our finances, with the tithe. You see in in finances, and I'm not a finance expert, a business minor in school and college, but there's a financial tool called leverage. And leverage is when you use someone else's money in order to um, receive a greater return on investment. That is leverage. And I want you to understand that what God has given to you, he's entrusted his money, his resources, his energy, his ideas into you in order to leverage them for a greater return on investment. Again, I'm not talking about more money in your bank account, although that may happen. What I'm actually talking about is an eternal return on investment. Just like you can invest into certain areas of your life, maybe you own a home and you've invested into that home and you, you're spending money, you're giving money into that home. You could spend that, if let's say it's $1,000 a month. I know it's not that because you can't hardly buy or rent for that now, but you could spend $1,000 a month on burritos and you'll receive that return on investment. Not a good return. <laughs> uh, but if you invest it into your home, you leverage that for a greater return on investment. Let me tell you this, the greatest place to invest is into the kingdom of God. Everything else in this life uh, will be shaken. Everything else in this life will be temporal, but only that which is connected to the kingdom of God and the purpose of God will endure forever. And again, it's not about your righteousness. It's not about God loving you anymore, but there is an eternal reward through honoring God and leveraging the resources that you have. It's about putting God first in your life. If Jesus is Lord, that's going to look like something. That's going to affect the way you spend your time. That's going to affect the way you invest your resources. That's going to affect the way that you live all of life. Your words, your affections in your heart, your energy, everything in life will be affected by honoring the Lord first. And I want to encourage you as we are beginning this new year, you're making plans, you're setting goals. Have you set spiritual goals? Lord, I want to honor you in this way. God, I want to I want to give my time. What are the boundaries in your life? What are the routines and the rhythms? This is a good time for all of us to revisit the Jesus Life Plan just as a guide to setting the routines for your time and for your life in order to put God first. Because when you put God first, the rest 
will be blessed. And that's my desire for you. That's, the desi- that's my desire for our church in 2023, that we would experience the blessing of God, the goodness of God, the favor of God. But it all comes when we put God first. Can I pray for you today? Father, I thank you for this wonderful community, this wonderful family of faith. God, I thank you for every person, even as I draw their faces to mine now. And Lord, I pray that 2023 would be a year of blessing, a year of favor, a year of joy, a year of increase and abundance. Lord, even as the world is shaken, I pray, Father, let there be the window of heaven open over our lives. But God, I thank you that you have given us the opportunity now to put you first. And so, Lord, I pray that that would be the desire of our hearts. Lord, if there's areas of our lives that we've allowed things to creep in, maybe in our time and our finances, and we've allowed ourselves to drift, I pray on this New Year's Day, this first day of 2023, God, let us recommit to putting you first so that we can experience your blessing in every way. I thank you for it. Bless your people now. Bless this year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll join us next Sunday for our Blessing Sunday. I believe it's going to be a great start to the new year ahead. God bless you. Happy New Year. See you next Sunday.